I really am excited about uh, some of the new faces I see and the old faces. I, I love coming in every week. I, I love you guys. As I prepared this message, as I you know pray and I'm trying to get my heart in, in the right place, uh, one of the things I'm considering is actually loving you. I actually caring and, and, and genuinely desire the best for you. And so I, I try to keep that in focus. I don't want to just come up here and uh, give a lesson or give a message. I want to speak to you in such a way that shows I, I, I care about you. I want the best for you. I, I want the, the future for you to be with Christ. And so I, I pray that uh, my love just continues to abound for you. And I pray that your love for one another would abound, that it would grow, that you would increase in your affection for one another as you grow closer to Jesus, closer to your Father in heaven through the Spirit. And so that's, that's my hope for you guys. Uh, tonight, we're going to continue our series uh, titled The Teachings of Jesus. Uh, and our goal throughout this series, it hasn't changed for over a year and a half. Uh, we've been seeking together. We've been studying together to find out what Jesus, the, the Son of God, really believed and what did he teach and, and how did he live. Uh, and, and since that's been our goal, we spent most of our time studying the greatest sermon ever preached. That is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It, it contains the, the longest uninterrupted stretch of Jesus' teachings in the whole Bible. And as we've made our way through this sermon, Jesus has taught us about humility, meekness, peacemaking, forgiveness, the Bible, lust, anger, lying, giving, praying, and much more. And, and to say it another way, if, if you've been here for this series, if you've been coming, then you know how Jesus wants you to live. Uh, how he wants you to live as his disciple in this world. You know what beliefs, you know the values, and you know the goals he has for your life. And, and to use the language of our passage tonight, you know the path. You, you know the way, the lifestyle that leads to life. And, and now in our passage tonight, Jesus is he's going to exhort us. He's going to challenge us to actually take the path. So let's go ahead and, and read our passage, pray, and dig in. I'll read. So I, I ask you, get that passage out in front of you and read along with me. These are the words of the Son of God, Jesus. He says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I ask now that you would have mercy on us, that you would have grace on us, that you would pour your spirit out in such a way that you would open our eyes to see rightly so that we might take the path of life. Lord, uh, uh, eliminate distractions. Help us concentrate. Open our hearts, Father. We cannot do this on our own. We need you to change us. And so, Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so, so in this passage, according to Jesus, uh, uh, all of life, all of your life, uh, amazingly, comes down to uh, two different gates, two different paths, 
that lead to two different destinations. Uh, he says there's a, there's a narrow gate that goes down one path, and, and there's a wide gate that goes down another path. Now, of course, Jesus is not talking about some literal gate or literal path. Uh, it's not Narnia. Uh, there's no mysterious, magical passageway uh, in the closet that goes from one world to the next. No, uh, rather, Jesus is using this, this image of, of a gate uh, and a pathway as a metaphor to describe one's overall lifestyle. One's overall lifestyle. So your daily decisions, your habits, your desires, your, your priorities. And, and this idea of a path to describe the direction of someone's life, it's, it's not unfamiliar to us. We get this. So, for example, if we had a friend who studies hard and gets good grades and stays out of trouble, we might say something like, you know, she's on a really good path. She's on a really good path right now. But if someone is addicted to drugs and dropping out of school and going to jail, we may say something like, man, he's on a really dark path. And, and all we're saying is that the life they're living, the, the choices they're making, the values that they have, it's taking them down a particular course, a particular way of life. And so Jesus is using this metaphor in the same way tonight. And, and the idea uh, the concept of summarizing life as the choice between two different paths, it's simple. It's not very complicated, but it's profound, and it's filled with wisdom and all sorts of insights. Let, let me name a few for you. For one, every path, whether it's a highway or a trail or a city street, it, it's headed somewhere. It's going somewhere. And that's the very nature of life as well. It's in motion. It's, it's moving every day closer to a destination. Every day we, we wake up in the morning, we breathe, we live, we're going somewhere. Uh, this life we have now on earth will not go on forever. And, and we're all getting closer and closer to somewhere, and that place is death. We will all reach that point, and, and this image of two pathways communicates that. And two, uh, just like it takes hundreds of steps to travel a long path, uh, life too is comprised of, you know, all these hundreds and thousands of, of small decisions and, and big decisions that ultimately bring us to a destination. And three, the wisdom behind the, this idea of a path is you can't be on two different paths at the same time. I, I can't take steps toward Green Bay and Milwaukee at the same time. I have to choose one destination or the other, and it's the same with life, according to Jesus. There's two pathways, and we all must choose one or the other. And so that's Jesus' whole point in this message. He wants to urge us. He wants to warn us to take the right path, to choose the right path. Life and, and like I mentioned earlier, this passage, it, it comes near the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, right? Which teaches us how to live as his disciples. And so when Jesus says in verse 13, look at the passage with me, enter by the narrow gate. And then in verse 14, when he talks about the way that is hard, he's talking about the path of a disciple, uh, in other words, when he says, enter by the narrow gate, that's another way of saying, come 
follow me. Come live how I live. Come believe what I believe. Believe in me and do as I have taught you. That's just another way of Jesus inviting us on the path of discipleship. And uh, it's no wonder then why in verse 14, Jesus does say that the path he wants us to take is hard. It's hard. It's hard to love our enemies. It's hard to pray for those who have hurt us and grieved us. It's hard to not lust and lie. It's hard to go into our rooms and pray to our Father who is in secret even when we feel empty and dry. It's hard to to not prioritize storing up riches on earth and in this world. It's hard to follow Jesus. It's not an easy road. Uh, In fact, I remember when I first became a believer, I mean, maybe two years in, three years in, and I, I had this, like, jealousy almost. I'd be at the grocery store one time, and I would just kind of be, you know, just places where a lot of people are that I don't know. And I was just like, man, like, to not follow Jesus, I'm kind of jealous that they don't have the same kind of burden on them as I do me. Um, just this sense of, wow, like, it is difficult. It is hard. It is hard to follow Jesus. So then, so why should we take it then? Right? Why should we enter by the narrow gate? If it's so hard, if it's a difficult path, why would you take it? Well, Jesus gives us two reasons. And the first is in the second half of verse 13. So look there with me. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. And here's why, why, for, or because the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. So again, remember, there are only two paths we can take in this world, according to Jesus. And as we've already noted, one of those paths is to follow Jesus, to be his disciple, to to come and follow him. Therefore, the only other path you can take, there's only two, is to not follow Jesus. That's the only other path for you in this life. You have two options. Follow the Son of God or don't. Two options. And Jesus is honest. He says that the gate, uh, the other option to not follow Jesus is wide open. And that the path is easy. And interestingly, that word easy, it literally means spacious and roomy. Uh, So from first observations, that path through the wide gate, it looks pleasant and good. And unlike the narrow path, unlike the hard way, which would require us to travel light, let go of some baggage, make some sacrifices so that we can make it through. For the path of someone who doesn't follow Jesus, you can bring whatever you want. There's there's nothing you have to let go of. Uh, You want drugs? You want lust? You want riches? Come on in. Uh, yeah, you want fame and power? You're invited. Uh, you want to hate and get back at your enemies? You want to rule your own life and be your own God? No problem. Come on in. The, the gate is wide open. But, but just know, Jesus says, that, that wide gate and that easy path, it leads to destruction. 
And, and that word destruction, uh, it refers to eternal judgment and condemnation under God. That is, it's not just that the path of sin and evil, it leads to like a brokenness and a sorrow and problems in this life, although it does, uh, more terrifying is that it leads to eternal destruction after this life. Listen, throughout Jesus' entire ministry, throughout his entire ministry, he never shies away from talking about hell. He never shies away from it. Just in the book of Matthew, hell is either explicitly mentioned or alluded to over 20 times. Jesus himself He describes hell as a place of unquenchable fire. That's the only kind of image he can really give us. The other one is it's a place of of weeping, of sobbing, of crying, of screaming, and gnashing of teeth. That is, there's so much agony, so much pain that they grind their teeth and cry forever. No second chances, no other options. There's no other hope after that moment of death. And you are under the condemnation and judgment of God. And Jesus, the Son of God, says to us, that's where the wide, that's where the easy path, when you have to let go of nothing and you want to be your own God, that's where it leads. Destruction. And note what he says at the end of verse 13. Note what he says. Many, many are, are, are those who enter by it. And so maybe, maybe popularity is not a sign of blessing in our life, but a sign that we're on the wrong path. Maybe we shouldn't do what everyone else does. Maybe we shouldn't worry about being left out. If we're different than the world, if we look different, if we sound different, if we act different, maybe it's because we're going a different direction. Maybe we're on a different path. And if we're not looking different, then maybe we're not on a different path. And so that's the first reason why we should enter by the narrow gate. The other path leads to destruction. Now, the second reason is in verse 14. Look there with me. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. Why? Verse 14, for because the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. So while the wide gate and the easy way leads to destruction, alienation from God, a broken relationship with him, uh, the, the narrow gate, And the hard way of of following Christ leads to life. And and life is a term to describe all the riches, all the blessings, all the glories of heaven. While there is sorrow and weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell and an unquenchable fire, there will be eternal, everlasting pleasures forevermore for the people of God. They will have eternal life in the presence of the Holy One, God, forever. And so so Jesus, he's urging us, he's he's pleading with us, he's pleading with you right now, take the right path. You have two options, the path of destruction or the path of a disciple that leads to eternal life, and there are no others. Don't be fooled. Those are your options. And I want to point out, One more insight. 
So for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Did you notice that uh, when he says, and those who enter by it, when talking about destruction, he says enter. But when he's talking about life, he says those who find it are few. He changes words. He doesn't just say enter. He says find. And that's that's strategic. That implies that if you want to be on the path of life, if you want to be on the path that leads to eternity with God, it requires you to seek. It requires you to search. It requires you to pursue hard after God. You will not find eternal life doing what you want whenever you want and never seeking. You will only find eternal life if you pursue him. If you look look to see him and to know him in your life, whether that's through prayer and scripture reading and community by coming to things like these, or you hear God's word preached and taught, you have to seek. And so if you're not seeking, then it makes sense why you're not feeling and experiencing the power and presence of God in your life. Few are those who find it. It must be found. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray now that as we're presented with these two paths, this strong warning from your son Jesus, that you would help us take the right one. That even today as some were racing toward uh, alienation and your judgment in hell, they would today choose to take the path of life. That path that brings blessing and your favor and goodness and wholeness to their life. Now and in the next forever. So fathers, have mercy on us now. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.